Hello Unleashed listeners. In this episode, Blair Lindsay is interviewing me for her Embodied and Radiant program. We talk about sexual empowerment, self-pleasuring, sexual healing, the wheel of consent, and other topics. So if you like this interview, please uh, review it, uh, review the podcast uh, on iTunes and other platforms, and also share it uh, in social media. Thank you, people. Enjoy. Bye. Okay, welcome, Al. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be speaking with you today and to have you, um, yeah, speak to the Embodied and Radiant group and just share your wisdom. So, for everybody that's watching, welcome. I want to give you a little bit of a background on Al. Um, Al is a tantric life coach and orgasm expert and he helps leaders embrace Eros to deepen purpose, freedom, and joy. AL's best-selling book, Orgasm Unleashed, Your Guide to Pleasure, Healing, and Power, which is a wonderful book, by the way, I highly recommend you get it, was endorsed by leading female sexual educators and described as the best female orgasm book I've ever read by one of them. <laughs> and I think I know which one said that. AL has appeared on ABC Australia, The Melissa Ambrosini Show, The Huffington Post, Bustle, and many other esteemed media outlets. So AL, it's such a pleasure to have you on here today and to pick your brain a little bit. Um, yeah, I was wondering if you could just tell all of us, um, I just gave your bio, but I'd love to hear your interpretation of what you do. Um, so thank you for having me here, and I'm I'm happy to to speak to a woman and with a, with a group of of women. Um, and you know, first of all, to address the the kind of like the elephant in the room, I am you know a man, and I'm talking about uh, female sexuality. So it's kind of like good that you gave the it's good that you gave the intro, you know, because because yeah, I understand if some people you know find it a bit a bit funny, but I think there's it's actually the great value and meaning and actually in uh, people working with the opposite sex on their sexuality on their relationship on their empowerment and in this in uh, i'm having female healers female coaches female whatever okay so so i think it's really good to to actually get the the other person's perspective and specifically i had a lot of experience uh both sexual experience and also studying tantra practicing tantra and so on that um then led me to become also a sexual healer. So I started, you know, doing this um, with myself and with my lovers when I started studying Tantra. And then I immediately saw amazing results and transformations and healings. And, and uh, I was also always like so excited and so focused on not just pleasuring women. I think many men, you know, really enjoy pleasuring women, but also on healing and therapy. So I was I, I didn't want to just give them a good time. I wanted to, to empower them to have that good time by themselves, you know, to mm-hmm. overcome issues, to overcome, overcome traumas, to overcome pain. Uh, and when I started practicing Tantra, I, I saw immediate results with what I was doing. And then a few years later, um, um, women started suggesting to me that I become a, a paid uh, professional doing this, doing this uh, uh, for money, doing this as a, as a profession. And I kind of like thought, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not ready. I'm not as experienced as other people. And uh, 
And then somebody just told me, you're already doing it, so just fucking do it. Yeah, my first client was Leila Martin, you know, so, so that's interesting how things are. Leila Martin, before she was Leila Martin. And Leila uh, Martin is like the leading female sexuality expert yeah. basically in the world right now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and I've, I, somehow I happen to work with many sexuality educator work as in give them sessions, body work sessions, uh, coaching sessions and so on. And it's interesting, you know, that, uh, that this has been um, my experience and they usually, they, they seek me because there's, there's a vibe and also, yeah, I have been doing it for more than, you know, more than a few years. Um, so Yeah, and thanks for just diving right in and, and just saying, like, okay, the elephant in the room, like, I'm a dude, I'm talking about female sexuality and pleasure. And this was actually one of the reasons I really wanted to speak to you, because there is such value in, well, first of all, your stuff is amazing. And there's such value in just hearing what, um, hearing a totally different perspective and a, a really important perspective, which is that of a man. Like all of the work we've been doing in the course has been really female focused. That remains the focus, but to have a male perspective is so helpful. And also, we've known each other not very well, but we've been in traveling in the same circles for quite a few years. And there's just such a strong sense of integrity that you have. And and from what I know from dear friends that have worked from you, um, how you work, what you do, there's just a lot of um, respect that I have for your work. So I'm really happy that you're here and sharing with us this really unique perspective. Um, I guess maybe let's start off by how do you know all this stuff? (laughs) How do you know what you know and where did it come from? Maybe we'll start there. It's a great question because, you know, many sexual healers uh, study and I don't, I'm not against studying, you know, but I had sexologists told me that, that they haven't uh, learned anything about what I talk about in the, in the book. They haven't learned any of that in, you know, in two or three or four years of study. So, so yeah, I think, you know, I'm, you know, I just finished high school um, and don't have any certifications about all of this stuff. And I was, I was a geek you know, geek dude, geek teenager. Now I'm like a geek, you know, uh, older person. But, uh, um, but I, you know, I was, I was, I really loved women, and I really wanted to connect with them. And then sometimes I wouldn't connect with them for a while. And when I did, I wanted to, I wanted to enjoy everything, you know. Not I, I saw like guys, you know, pick up a girl and you know take her home and fuck her and bring her back to the to the club or whatever, you know. And for me, I was like, I was like, you know, it's like you connect with a woman, you know, enjoy. I'm also a very romantic person, so so yeah, I had many years that I was very sexually active and kind of like making up for for the years that i that I didn't have any and uh, and yeah, some of it was just you know mindless fucking sometimes as well, just to be honest and, and but but mostly it was it was that it was trying to really connect and pleasure and and yeah, I mean, there's no way, other way to say it. I had a lot of sex mm-hmm. I had a lot, a lot of sex and 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 as I mentioned, it was, 
it wasn't just to to take something you know just to use the woman it was it wasn't about using the woman it was really connecting and pleasuring and exploring and even before i discovered tantra i was already having remember i had like i had a, a whole body orgasms that, that is still one of the best orgasms that i had in my life in the year 2000 i started practicing ejaculation control there i started my my partner started having like this amazing orgasms you know so so i was already already quite you know having some amazing experiences and then after studying tantra um and then sexual tantra but not just sexual tantra that's the thing tantra is not only sex and mm -hmm. uh, and then i started having literally you know 10 15 20 hours a week of you know of sex and sexuality related activities and i learned so much it's not even from the tantra school i just learned so much by doing i learned yeah. so much by asking women what is your experience how does it yeah. how does it feel when you rub your clit how does it feel when a guy ejaculates inside you how does it feel it's like there's always like a check-in there's always and um and what you're saying is really valid too because this is the the key piece of embodiment isn't it that you can't just read stuff in a book there's such a different element energetically there's a different element that comes through that's transferred when you're actually you've experienced something and you've lived it which I really appreciate that you're kind of an autodidact in this sense, like you're, you're learning it as you live it, um, which a certificate or a, a degree or something like that can't always give you. So thank you for just- And also to add, and also to add, I fucked up a lot and I still fuck up a lot, you know, I'm not perfect, I'm not, it's like I'm still, I'm still trying to experience uh, some of the things that I help like women experience. You know, I had this, I had this thought, you know, this belief, this limiting belief that it's more women that can have these experiences. Mm -hmm. In the past few years, I started having more and more of the experiences that that I facilitate for women, like and different types of orgasm, different or types of orgasms, and and looking at, you know, really looking deeper and deeper and deeper into myself because personal development or growth or, or whatever it is it's like it's like an onion you keep you keep peeling layers and yeah. suddenly i have stuff stuff coming up that i that i didn't see before wasn't aware before yeah and of like, course. like big discoveries and big changes and and yeah i ask for feedback i get feedback and um and from that i learn you know? mm. it's that humility to say you know i i i uh, I also posted something on social media recently. I said, dear everyone, everything that I ever told you was what I was trying to tell myself. Mm. You know? So, so actually I'm, I'm in a journey of, of discovering myself and, and improving myself and becoming a better person or a, like more myself, more connected to the, you can say to the spiritual self and mm -hmm. letting go of everything, which is not that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. Which is such a beautiful thing too, because in a lot of the hierarchies that we see in the sexual world and in the spiritual sexual world is very very much the model of i know everything i'm the guru let me impart my wisdom so it's really beautiful to hear you say like yeah i'm just a dude i have this knowledge i'm constantly learning and growing and i'm getting better as i go along yeah. And, and what's beautiful is that you do you do have so much to to share and and offer because you've walked this path. Yeah, yeah. And, and and obviously there is, there is certifications and there are courses. You know, I've done 
I've still done like more than just my own my own thing. And I think the combination is really important. Yeah, of you course. Know, so I think, you know, so so for me, it's like a sexual practitioner. It's they can be good if it, even if they're only doing you know coaching by talking and so on. But if they had a lot, a lot, a lot of sex and different kind of sex with diff, with different people also, you know, again with different people because you you experience different things with different people, they will be better sexual educators, sexual healers, sexual whatever. Sure. Okay. If they're focusing on sex, if they're not focusing on sex, you know, okay, like, but but. For somebody who calls themselves a sexual healer, educator, whatever, whatever that is, I think it's important to dip your toe and other parts, you know, like uh, very, not just, sorry, not that just dip your toe, but really like, dive deep. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot of ways to dive, to dive deep. But that leads me into my next question for you, which is um, why you, why you do what you do. So you explained how, but like, what was compelling you to get into this field? Um, that's one of the things that only looking back, I realized like, I understand like what I'm doing and why I'm, do why I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, looking back, I could already see the seeds of that when I was very young. Um, you know, I was always like the, 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 the boy at school asking the questions that, that other, other kids wouldn't, wouldn't ask. And, uh, you know, I didn't watch porn. I, I read these cheap novels with, with really beautiful um, uh, descriptions of, of sex and sexuality. Um, and I was always quite perceptive, or <laughs> sometimes perceptive to some things. Uh, sometimes I can be a bit, uh, a bit uh, thick. Um, so yeah, there was this woman at, uh, at, um, in our group of friends, I was about 17 and I noticed that, that I noticed something about her behavior and I came, came to her you know, privately and I said, did anything like bad happen to you sexually? And she said, how do you know? Like, nobody knows. And yeah, you know, her, her uncle uh, raped her. And you know, so I, I was already focused on that and, and again, really, really loving women. <laughs> Really, really, you know, also infatuated by women. Again, let's let's be honest. It's not, it wasn't just love. It was infatuation and neediness and, and attachments and, and all of that stuff. And, sure. and wanting to get, wanting to get girls and, you know, all of that stuff as well. And, you know, there's, there's never like one, just one thing. Um, and, and then it was, it was just for a few years, it was really high on my, on my list of priorities. And there's a, there's a personal there's a satisfaction when you make somebody happy. There's, there's a really deep satisfaction when you make somebody happy and, and you know, make, making, you know, helping somebody orgasm and connect to their body and, you know, send me an email, you know, a few months later or a few years later saying, you know, you changed my life and I've never orgasmed like this, you know, before that. And then I met like, then I met the, the uh, a man later and I was able to connect with him. That's something that's really fulfilling for me that I'm able mm -hmm not just to pleasure somebody momentarily, but really to empower them. So yeah. one of the, you know, one of the six human needs is, is uh, contribution and service. So for me, that's, that was amazing to, to, to hear, you know, to hear from women reading the book uh, and mm -hmm. men, you know, I, I do some work with men as well. So, so this is for me amazing. And like I say, there's, there's something that I, I heard recently that's it's just a beautiful summation, summary of, of this, which is I help others to help myself. I help myself to help others. And that for me, it's not just one or the other. I'm not, I'm not pretending that I'm just trying to save the world. You know, I took a very long vacation this year and didn't do any sessions. And, and, you know, for me, it's like, 
I'm taking care of myself and by that, you know, self-love and, and self-care, then I can, I can serve others. And by serving mm -hmm. others, I'm, I'm learning how to, to take care of myself. Yeah. Um, what was, I'm curious what your path of, of sexual healing looked like actually. Yeah. So I started, when I started, I was calling it uh, Yoni massage. Uh, and that was the, you know, so I was, you know, giving them a whole body massage with oil, you know, front and back. And, you know, it would take like three or four hours and sometimes five, five hours. And, uh, you know, external yoni, yoni massage and internal yoni massage and, you know, the armoring. So very, very physical focused, more quite physical focused. <clears throat> I was doing, also doing a little bit of coaching and giving them some homework, but that was, but that was <clears throat> kind of secondary. Okay. And. After some time, I realized that, that I shouldn't call it Yoni massage because it's not just a massage, you know, it's not, massage is not just the only thing that you do in such a session and it's not just about the Yoni. And the name Yoni massage creates, creates an expectation or creates a, a, like a frame for the setting, which is very, very limited, I find. Yeah, and maybe to give people some context too, because um, Yoni massage, I know a lot of people are really versed in it, but a lot of women are like, what the hell is that? Yeah. So this was a kind of massage um, that you could say has tantric um, connections. Like some people say it's tantric. It doesn't necessarily have to be, but it's basically having someone work on your yoni internally as they would your body to knead out the, the knots or the... Um, the muscles, which also have really direct connection to emotion and to past experience. Yeah. Which we're going to talk about a little bit later. So just to give everybody a little bit of context for what, yeah. <laughs> what this oily hands-on yeah. thing is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, um, and yeah, it was more, it was more physically, physical oriented. And then I started realizing it's not just about the yoni, the vagina, it's about the whole body. And it's not just about the physicality. It's not even just about the session. It's about, about I started giving women exercises and practices to do on their own. And my, my message was and is, you need to do a lot of your own healing and you can't come to me expecting, expecting me to be the savior. So I literally have you know, requests you know, from women uh, wanting to have a session. And this woman uh, told me, I want to have a G-spot orgasm, a cervical orgasm, and female ejaculation. And I was like, it's really good that you know what you want, you know, but let's be open to, to what's, what happens in the session. And let's see, let's see what comes up. And I can't, I am, I am not a sex worker. I don't have anything against sex worker. I think they're really important. But I'm not providing you a certain experience because you're paying for it. So for me, I'm, if you're trusting me with your, your money and time and, and body and secrets and whatever, trust me to, to guide you to whatever I feel and perceive and know from my experience that is really important for you. you know, and, so it, for, and, and that yeah. brings up something important too, is that a big part of orgasm is surrendering to what is like surrendering to what actually is happening. And so to, to really vehemently say like, okay, now I wanna have this kind of orgasm, it's actually 
a bit contrary to the whole energy you need to have that experience, yeah. isn't it? It's very goal oriented. Yeah. And by the way, I wrote I wrote the book about orgasm, and I keep saying to people, it's not about orgasm. It's like you don't even don't worry about orgasmic. You can focus on being orgasmic, or experience orgasmicness, or what I call the orgasmic state, which is which is the the, the continuous feeling of some pleasure or some pleasurable sensations. So don't even worry about, you know, the big O, because that's... And the big O would be like, um, I I make the distinction between orgasm and climax. So the big O would be like the climax, and the orgasmic state is this feeling of pleasure that can stay in your body. And you can still still have what we call, you know, good orgasm. So not, I guess you talk about in the program about about explosive and implosive orgasms as well. Mm -hmm. So... So yeah, we, we're trying to avoid the uh, um, explosive orgasm. Still enjoying the clit. The clit is beautiful. You can still can still enjoy the pleasure, but not not get to the state when you come peak, and then you know climax, and then all of the energy is lost. But you you are stopping before that, riding the wave, and continuously circulating the energy in your body. Mm-hmm. I would suggest to women, and, then, and again, I started giving them these practices, and it turned out to be you know a 260 pages book. Um, and I would say it's important that you do the practices with an open mind without expecting any kind of result. Yeah. And I promise you that if you do this every day, at least 30 minutes for, I don't know, two months, you will have those orgasms, okay, by yourself and with the partner. And they will kind of sneak up on you sometimes. Mm. And that's sometimes, the practice you recommend, isn't it? Is 30 minutes of self-pleasure yeah, at least, every day. At least 20 minutes. And Avoiding clitoral orgasms, and by the way, I, I facilitate a, um, a Facebook group for women called Sexual Empowerment for Women, um, and many women share and that they actually have addiction to clitoral orgasms, okay, to the, to the one that, that depletes them, and mm-hmm. they know that, they're, they're, they, know that it, they realize it's not good for them, not because I tell them, but because I make them aware of what's happening. So I say, it's like, okay, does it actually feel good? No, it doesn't always even feel good. Does your clit becomes hypersensitive? Yes, it becomes hypersensitive. How do you feel emotionally? Sometimes, you know, shallow level of satisfaction, but actually they're not really deeply satisfied. Mm-hmm. So then they know it's not good for them, but they still, they still do that. You know, after three or four days, they, they default and they, you know, rub one off. So, so it's important to understand that both for men and for women, this explosive orgasm, same thing with ejaculation for men, is an addiction. And mm-hmm. I say that... that um, the worst addictions are the ones that you're not aware of because you just think it's normal. Right. Um, so, yeah, with this. Yes, please. Uh, well, I was going to just interrupt and say you mentioned something earlier about these women that when you started your journey, you were facilitating these orgasmic experiences, but it was leading to this greater empowerment in their life and that's a really important point i feel is that it's actually not even about the orgasm necessarily it's not about how orgasmic you are it's about what that energy facilitates in your life and i'm wondering if you can speak to that what you've seen how how orgasmic energy and opening to orgasm transforms the women that you work with yeah, and, and I think that that's a great question. I think 
I'm not I'm not ruling out orgasm. I'm just saying, you know, it's 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 great to have it, and it's great to have, you know, like it's it's really great to have like a, a sex session with a few hundreds of orgasms or orgasming for an hour or you know, like that's that's great. I'm not that's not bad. Right, um, right. And what I've what I've seen, and you you said something which which relates to to one of the the things that I talk about uh, is that sexuality is not just about sex, and sexuality is something that transforms your whole life. Because people usually make a distinction, you know, like this mm-hmm. one thing happens in the bedroom and one thing happens like in your daily life and, and work and career and parenthood and social life and whatever. Like that's, that's public life, private life. And what I'm saying is like they are all connected. Yeah. So whatever's happening in your sexuality, you can see how it affects your life. And what, when you improve your sexuality, things in life would improve. So let's, let's you know, give a few examples. So many women feel that they don't have they don't have a voice. They they can't express themselves. They they they're not being heard. They're not being seen. Their their boundaries are being violated. And maybe maybe not not you know hugely violated you know like like rape and sexual abuse, but but in very in small ways. Mm-hmm. You know people cutting them in the in the queue to to something they can't speak up. Um, always feel like they have to like do things for the other person, for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so helping women find their voice is also helping them express their pleasure and express their pain, express their anger and, and frustration. And one of the one of the biggest uh, blockages that I see with with women and with people um, is not making sounds during sex or during self pleasuring, for for like a whole host of reasons. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so I've I've worked with women women and and first of all they discovered that they are screamers and they did never knew that they can make so much sounds. But it's not about even about making the sounds. It's about allowing what is there. So my work isn't really much about doing things. It's about removing the obstacles for, of the body doing its things naturally. Mm-hmm. And that's a really yeah. good distinction because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of um, sexuality schools when there's like a lot of things and visualizations and chakras and different kinds of breath. And I mean, some of these things have effects, but I would always start from... I would always start from what I call ecstatic stillness before I go into all of those things. So ecstatic stillness is being able to relax without falling asleep and allowing your body to do, to do things naturally. Mm-hmm. So sometimes mm-hmm. you need to kind of like nudge it a little bit. Um, you know, if you, push, if you push a car, like if a car needs to, to be, you know, how do you say, jump started, like you push it a little bit and afterwards it starts rolling. So in the beginning you start doing something and afterwards it goes by itself. Um, so yeah, connecting, uh, self-love is one of the things that, that I talk about and, and guide, uh, women in, and, and this is something that obviously affects, uh, life. So I suggest women to self-pleasure every day. So are you, are you equating self-pleasure with self-love? Do you see those things as yeah. really connected? Yeah. 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 And so self-love for me is kind of like the bigger, the bigger is also the core. This is something that I've worked on personally a lot and I worked with people a lot. And when there's, when there's lack of self-love and, and self-love can manifest in, in various ways, uh, whatever you do in life would not, would not reach really its, its full potential. Okay, you always like cut yourself short because something inside says, I'm not worth it, I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. Um, and for example, I would suggest women to, to do this self-pleasuring practice. And we're still talking about how sexuality affects life. So when they start self-pleasuring, with the, yeah, so, so they, they come back to me after a few days and say, oh, I didn't do it. I actually, I have the time, I have the dildo, but something stops me and I don't do this. 
and when they actually manage to get themselves to do this, they are becoming more self-loving in life. Their, their diet becomes better. They lose weight. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to lose weight, you know, but, but some people do. And suddenly they start to respect their body more so they eat less of what's, what's bad for their body and they feel like exercising. Right. Uh, creativity is a really big one. Okay, because like when you're filled when, with orgasmic energy, orgasmic and sexual energy is creative energy. And you can bring this creativity to everything in life. Uh, there's something about femininity as well, which is so many women operate in, either operate in masculine uh, environments or they've just been acting in masculine ways because of society and culture. Yes. And I'm saying it's like you don't have to be a man in a man's world. Like if you're a woman, use your sexuality as, as a source of power. Don't yeah. try to, you cannot beat the man in being a man. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a big part of the, the program is I love what you said about not putting things on, but actually stripping things down. So it's not like, what do I need to do that is extra, but what do I need to let go of so that what is naturally abundant in my being can just come through? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. And, and, and there's even more, you know, there's, there's mental, mental focus, you know, because if you have a problem, it's always in the back of your mind. And, and literally women, and by the way, it's like sometimes women actually have orgasmic issues, but they're also horny at the same time. And the mind is kind of like cloudy because mm -hmm. I, have, I have an article, one of the, one of the most um, popular articles on my website called, called, if you're horny and cannot sleep, try to do this. Mm -hmm. Okay, because because some women, and this is one of the things with orgasms, they get off, but they're not really satisfied. Mm -hmm. So so it, it really affects so many things. It affects your your relationship and your connection with both men and women, not just with your intimate partner. So if you have judgments judgments and issues around sexuality, you you will sabotage your relationship with certain kind of women and men. Sure. Okay, so so really, and, and obviously health if. If you believe in a mind-body connection, if somebody has issues with their body, issues with certain aspects of their life, it would manifest in their body. So, for example, the most prevalent uh, cancer for women is breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And, and then this would be ovarian. Yeah. yeah. Ovarian, so and, and same for men with, with prostate and testicular cancer. Okay, this is not a coincidence. Yeah. And it's not a coincidence that more women have uh, uh, thyroid issues uh, than, than men. Okay, because women don't find their voice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you don't, if you don't believe in the stuff, you know, like it's a, you don't have to. If somebody's listening to this, <clears throat> but see how it manifests in your own life. Okay, so, sure. so there's something that I I talk about starting always with inquiry. You know, so what kind of sexual issues and hangups do you have? What's your judgments around sexuality? What is your experience of sexuality? Are you are you comfortable with your body, with your body's shape and size, <clears throat> with your vagina, with the look of it, smell of it, taste of it? You know, so, so people would have, would have some hidden issues or not so hidden issues. And suddenly they would feel like the, 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 that they have this connection from something in their life because of that. You know, so a woman who would be all uh, cute and angelic, you know, kind of like the maiden or the priestess type. And, and people would only treat her like that okay mm -hmm. oh you're so cute you're so cute you're so angelic and and she goes around and she, like something is missing from her life like maybe there's passion is missing or a certain level of grounding is missing um 
certain kind of orgasmicness is, is missing, you know, because she's just in, you know, some etheric, etheric energies <clears throat> because she's playing a role that mm -hmm. she, she, she probably has been playing for many, many years. So one of the things that women are missing is the connection to the slut and the wild woman. And even when I say slut, many women have issue with the word slut. I'm a slut. Um, so slut means a woman who's really, really connected to her sexuality. It doesn't mean that you have to, um, to sleep with many people. Mm -hmm. Okay, but it's, it's yeah. that connection to pleasure and to body and to sensuality and to sex. You know, so some people are sexual, but they would, they're, they're sensual. But when it comes to actual penis and vagina sex, they would have an issue with that. Sure. So, so well, I talk about... It's allowing women to tap into this deeper reservoir of energy, of wildness, of life force. And I love what you're saying also that, you know, about the roles that we have in daily life that can become really stuck and really rigid. And sexuality and sexual practice is one way to really transcend those roles and become someone completely different or try on something completely new, which is in fact one of the, one of the boons or blessings of being a woman is that there's just so much potential for um, many different faces, many different expressions many different archetypes. Yeah. Um, and I also, I have a couple questions in regard to what you've said so far. The first mm -hmm. is in regard to women gaining mental focus. So when they, when they harness this orgasmic energy, oh, I lost you a bit. When they, uh, yeah, harness, they harness this orgasmic energy and they become more focused and I know that this is true um, for a lot of women, but also for some women when they start to become more pleasure oriented or more um, orgasm oriented, they can actually lose focus. I think there's a fine line, like they can become less productive at work, less efficient. So how can you use this pleasure potential and this orgasmic energy to become more efficient and more productive? Great question. So, so first of all, see where your, your where your energy flows naturally, because maybe you even many people are doing things that they don't actually want to do, mm -hmm. because they're doing it because they're trying to prove themselves. Okay, I'm a woman and I can really rock it in a man male dominated uh, place. But maybe maybe your soul doesn't want to do that. <clears throat> and by the way, I totally I totally support you know equal equal rights and equal opportunities, and you can do whatever. I believe that you should be able to do whatever you want to do. Um, and in the same time, if somebody is losing focus, maybe, maybe she's not actually wanting to do that. Yeah. So suddenly when her energy starts flowing, her energy starts flowing somewhere else. Okay. And I know that, I know that for myself, sometimes if I will be, <clears throat> if I will be connecting to, to, um, to some states, which are more, more sensual, more embodied, I would, I would want to do less mental things. Okay, and then that's a really good wake-up call for me to see, ah, maybe I don't want to do those things and I need to let go of them. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, let's say you're, not, you're losing focus at work. Where is your focus? You know, maybe, you need to, maybe literally you need to make love for three years. You know, or, at least, or at least a few, or a few months or, you know, like a few days every week. Like, 
if you'll have sex for, for you know, two full days a week, maybe then you will be satisfied. Mm. That's, that's one, thing to, one thing to look at. So it's, uh, like, so it's like maybe your life force is actually revealing to you that you want something different. Yeah. And I, I can really relate to that. And I also see that a lot is that when women have a sexual opening, sometimes they kind of freak out because they're like, I am not getting stuff done. I'm, I'm being lazy or I'm enjoying myself too much. And it's like, no, your life force is actually showing you a different path, a different way of doing things, a different way of being. And you can really trust that life force. Yeah. You can really trust that it's guiding you to where you need to be. It's not an indulgence. Yeah. And by the way, indulgence is also okay. And you also said something. I don't remember the words. It's like, it's like they, 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 they feel they feel like they shouldn't be having so much fun. It's like there's, yeah. a, there's a shame, there's a guilt and a shame over doing this and over enjoying so much. Like I literally have women on the, on the massage table going like, going like, it's like too much for them. And the too much is because they're resisting it. Mm. And so there's something inside that says, I don't deserve to, to be so happy and to have so much pleasure. Yeah. Even by themselves, by the way, even like without a partner. Yeah. So I would say if the energy is not flowing to your work, where is it flowing? Yeah. So if you have time, um, what are you called to do? If, you, if you're called to have more sex, maybe it's somebody who's, you know, 30-something, been active for 15, 15 20 years, and, and had shitty sex for 15, 20 years. Maybe, like I said, she needs to have a lot, a lot, a lot of sex. To, to, to co not exactly to compensate. Compensate even sounds funny, but just to experience the fullness of sex and life. And afterwards, she might go to her same career, and then she really going to rock it. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, where is the energy flowing? So maybe it's not just sex, but maybe you're feeling, you're suddenly like feeling like doing something completely else. And sometimes it will be more embodied and what we call, you know, traditionally feminine. And so sure. maybe it will be something completely different. Maybe you're feeling like taking computer programming, you know, after you've been a lawyer and like computer programming, which is, which can be a very, very creative thing to do because you're creating things that, that work and you're really enjoying doing that. Mm. Right, so so really see what the, the 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 flow is telling you to do, and I would say, if you need to push in whatever you're doing, if you're either a man or a woman and you need to push things, it's not a good sign. Mm. Right? I used to push for a lot. For, I used to push a lot in my life, and yeah, I I, I got things, you know, I, I accomplished things and so on, but I don't do that so much anymore. Because I realized that when I have a flow, things happening with that flow, autom not automatically, but naturally. Mm -hmm. okay? So where is the flow taking you? So yeah, that's, that's what really, that, that idea of flowing really challenges people, especially people who want to accomplish and want to chart or map the course of their life really intricately. And so let, me, let me ask you a question. You know what? It's like we, we've been, uh, I've, I've kind of like giving you, <laughs> I really like, by the way, it's, it's one of the things that I do. It's like, it's like I many times take people to two different directions. You know, uh, there's a say, famous quote says, says um, I contradict myself very well then. I can't contradict myself. I am vast. I contain multitudes. I contain multitudes. Mm, I think that was Whitman. That might be with Whitman. Yes. I think so. You know? 
So, so yeah, so I, you know, I gave you kind of like the woo-woo answer, which I think is actually the, 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 the good answer. But, but still, if somebody is doing something that she is passionate about and she feels her soul is in there and suddenly she's feeling all over the place, there's a few things to do. So, for example, uh, sex at night might, might shift your, your, your circadian rhythm a little bit. And, you know, for most people, they need to sleep during the night. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of, of people, they need to sleep during the night. Okay, so if you're constantly getting to three, you know, two, three, four a.m., it's obviously that that afterwards you wouldn't be able to work um, because you you literally be tired. Um, ground ground your energy after you make love, and ground mm-hmm. your energy also before you make love. So set an intention, and the intention can be my orgasmic energy is focused. You know, I, I dedicate it to my creativity. I dedicate it to my mission. Um, you can visualize, you can write affirmations, you can do this during sex and specifically do it, do it after sex. Yeah. After sex, you know, separate from your partner and meditate for a while and you can either do more of like an emptiness meditation yeah, just to ground. You can do a grounding meditation, so literally focusing on your root, focusing on your legs, focusing on earth. You can visualize, you know, your creative projects and you might actually have creative breakthroughs through that. Yeah. Um, that would i think that would be the main thing yeah, yeah. Um, okay there's, there's another thing which is about reaching the peak or not reaching the peak so even with even with what we call the good peaks the good orgasms um do to um, play with two things one of them is not orgasming for a while because that might t- stabilize your energy or it might get you to to be literally exploding with sexual energy all the time and the other one is try to orgasm as much as you can because even with the like I say, the good peak orgasms, the good orgasms, not the one who are explosive, try to, if you get yourself satisfied and get yourself as many as you want, afterwards you feel, you can feel satiated in a very, very deep way. Mm-hmm. Maybe you would still want sex, but you will be so satisfied, you'll be like, okay, now I'm okay for a few days. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like some people need literally a few hours of sex in order to feel satisfied and that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that's natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of leads me to another question, actually. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about dedicating a lot more time to sex and to self-pleasure than people yeah. are used to. And yeah. I just think of my life also, like my husband's super busy, I'm super busy, we don't have two days to just make love. I wish that we did. I wish that we lived in, in Thailand and we could go do that. But our, our time is precious and it's also limited. Yeah. And so I'm curious what advice you have, first of all, for dedicating more time to this. And then how do we get our partners on board, these men who are used to, you know, having 10-minute sex at the end of the day and falling asleep? How do we get our partners on, on board? So how do we motivate ourselves to spend more time? How do we get our partners to be motivated to spend more time? Yeah. Big, two big questions. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so first of all, look at where, where you're at and kind of like take a snapshot of your life. I, I mentioned it earlier, you know, it's like, if you, if you are satisfied with your, with your sex life, maybe you don't need more. If you're satisfied with life all over, <clears throat> maybe you don't need, you know, so, so if you're in the program, maybe it means that you want something more. 
Like, are you connected to your body? Are you connected to your femininity? Are you connected? Are you loving yourself? Are you judging yourself? You know, do you feel, <clears throat> do you feel empowered? Do you feel sexual? And sexual, as we mentioned, an orgasmic is much more than what people think. You know, women think that if they give themselves five orgasms with a vibrator, they're really, they're multi-orgasmic. You know, so, so is it intriguing for you? Do you want to experience this? Okay, so if mm-hmm. you have any sexual issues and sexual traumas, we didn't, we didn't mention that very much, but, but most, let's say many, many, many women have some kind of sexual abuse. Yeah. And most, most, if not all, people suffered unwanted touch as babies. Okay, it's like recently I, I connected to the, to the feeling and then, you know, to the slight trauma of having a thermometer in my anus when I was a baby. Okay, it came up, I was like, I was like it doesn't feel like I was like molested, it, it feels like the, the thermometer. So we all carry like stuff. Yeah. So, so look at that. Do you, did you experience, like, even if you experience a partner that was not so sensitive and, you know, fucked you too hard and you were a bit sore afterwards, um, not sensitive, even if he was a, like a loving partner, it happens a lot even with loving partners. Okay. Not to mention people who are less, less than that. So yeah, look at, look at the, at the past and see, maybe you're still carrying something. Maybe there's still, you know, pain in your vagina, pain in sex, lack of the lack of lubrication, uh, issues with reaching orgasm, any of these kinds of things. So kind of like things to get away from or there's things to, to aspire to. You know, do you want to experience the bliss of, of a heart-based orgasm? Do you want to experience you know, all of these funky kinds of orgasms? Do you want to experience union with your partner? Do you want to really, really shine as a woman and have people telling you like what's happening with you, you look like 20 years younger? And again, everything is like things that I heard from, from people and friends and clients. Okay. Do you want to be? Do you want to be more beautiful? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to be more attractive? Okay. It Most actually, it actually happens. It happens. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like I've I've seen women that that were that were beautiful and became more beautiful, and I've seen women that were not so beautiful according to societal uh, uh, standards. Okay, but they were shining, and the most imp- the most attractive thing in a woman and in a person generally is how much they're shining. Mm. so so i mean if you don't want all of that okay you know it's like it's like it's okay but if you want some of those things it might be a good idea to look at your life and say okay how can i find more time for this how can i find it how can i put it higher in the list of priorities what am i doing in my life which is not serving me a hundred percent and this is another thing that i do with clients i get them to start listing what are the biggest time wasters Mm-hmm. Suddenly, suddenly they're aware that they're in, in you know, with, friend, with friends, but not kind of like the best friends, but kind of like just socializing and socializing and socializing on a kind of like a shallow level. And there are a lot with family and it's not quality time with the family. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's just, you know, boring time. And yeah. they watch Netflix because they want to tune, uh, you know, to tune off and to relax a little bit. I'm not against Netflix, you know, but again, priorities. And other things, whatever it is, maybe there's some things in the house that they can. So I, I get people to, <clears throat> to simplify things, to minimize things, to pause or to cancel or to postpone things. And usually postpone, sometimes it means like they're not doing this. I got, I got people to quit university because I helped them realize that they're not really, their heart's not in there. And it's like just some limiting belief that will give them something. Yeah. Um, hire and delegate. Okay, so hire for the things that, that uh, I work, you know, usually with women with money. So, so suddenly they're like, okay, maybe some of the things I'm doing in my life, I don't have to do. 
Mm-hmm. Also, I can, I can delegate to somebody. If it's a partnership or a relationship, sometimes women take much more than their fair share because they just want to satisfy their husband and they want to be a good wife. And suddenly I'm like, hey, it's like you're helping him with the business. You're helping him in the house. You're, you're taking care of the kids. You should be paid, you know, you should be paid like a lot of money because you are being a nanny and uh, an assistant and uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so look at, look at what you can minimize, delegate, and, and in order to get some, some more time. And one thing, I, one thing I offer to the, these women also is to imagine themselves as orgasmic women. So what does it feel like to be that woman, to be that radiant, shiny, creative, expressive, powerful woman, and then dedicate these changes? And I will, I will add another word, I will add another word, which is relaxed. Mm, yeah, Some of those yeah. things, so, so and, many women, and, and again, some women are, are orgasmic and sexual and so on, but it comes from pushing. There's a lot of pushing, even if it's not, you know, rubbing the clit or whatever. But there's a lot of pushing. There's a lot of trying. There's a lot of, of, of yeah, like effort. stress. Yeah. Effort and stress. Yeah. But orgasmicness, orgasmicness is actually more about relaxation than anything else. But I find when, when women really focus on who they're becoming, yeah. it becomes a little bit easier to make those changes, to minimize yeah, so those stresses. I, yeah, I love, I love, you know, how you're saying it in, in, you know, imagine yourself being orgasmic. And I, really important to add to this relax because many women come to me and they say, like, I'm stuck in my head and I'm not feeling my body. Yeah. And also, so this is the, the thing about being relaxed is relaxing the mind, relaxing the breath, relaxing the muscles, relaxing the body, relaxing the, the yoni. And also a lot of things around relaxation. Mm. Relaxation doesn't mean something boring. It actually means getting getting to an ecstatic state without trying to do too much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I call it you know I mentioned it earlier so 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 be ecstatic uh, ecstatic relaxation or relaxing mm-hmm. into ecstasy I think also. you called it ecstatic stillness, which I ecstatic thought was stillness. thank you yeah. really beautiful yeah you know and, and and I started discovering this you know after a few years of doing this that a woman would be totally still and she would be having a massive orgasm yeah. Well, yeah, I really, you know, believe in, you know, breath and sounds and movement and so on. And women can get really, really wild, you know, when they orgasm. But also there's some orgasmic states when they will be totally, literally tripping in a very, very deep kind of orgasm, but without, without moving. Sure. With, with hardly breathing. So that's, so, and it's, it's not a state of dissociation, by the way, because some people, you know, go to Alpha Centauri and to previous lives and whatever no they're still they're still very much connected mm-hmm. and they're both connected to the body and to those maybe like other places um, so, we have, so we have lots of reasons and lots of good advice on how women can move in the direction that they want to to become orgasmic and then yeah. the second part of the no, question before, before that before that there, i just want to give like like a few practical things. Uh, yeah, please, please, please. Because we kind of like, we talked about the why and the why is a big part of my work when people ask me for techniques. I, we first of all do this inquiry and you know what's possible and what's the situation and so on. So I would suggest them to commit and to really commit to at least a 30 day, I would say 60 days self-pleasuring practice, mm-hmm. avoiding clitoral orgasms, uh, touching the whole body and really it's not just, it's not just, a, it's not a pap smear. You know, it's not, and many women 
masturbate like men, you know, so they go immediately for the for the vaginas. No. Mm-hmm. You know, touch your face and touch your breasts and you know, rub your 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 body with oil and take a shower and a hot bath and whatever it is to get yourself in the mood. And you can do by the way all of the things regardless. And then dedicate at least twenty minutes and I mean, you know, thirty or forty minutes if possible. But if you only have ten minutes, do that. I I yeah. also suggested to women who just uh, gave a baby um gave birth a few uh, a few months prior mm-hmm. if they only have 10 minutes use the 10 minutes use whatever you have mm-hmm. then if you if you manage to do this every day and especially with internal stimulation with a dildo or something that looks like a dildo that is the basic practice and yes afterwards there is you know different kinds of breath and sounds and movement and it's all in the book there's like I don't know, hundreds of things that you can practice in the book. Yeah, there's so much there. You know, and, and don't even worry about trying to do everything in the book. Like literally, the, the, I, the problem I see in the book is that there's too much in it. But just self-pleasure every day. So that's the first thing. Okay. But it doesn't end there. The thing about, again, another thing about my work is, the, is what I call the transform uh, aspect of the integration into the daily life. So how can you bring your sensuality, sexuality, femininity, orgasmicness, power, love, beauty into different areas of your life? And again, many women are afraid to do this, stop themselves from doing this because of limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Oh, some of the obvious ones is, uh, I don't want to you know, shine too much because then I would attract unwanted male attention. Yes, exactly. So, so yeah, I can understand that. But also as an adult, as a woman, not as a girl, you're learning how to manage that. And by the way, if you're really in your power, you would attract male attention, even if it's, I'm not talking about, you know, rape and abuse and so on, but you can use it as energy instead of, instead of being hurt by that. Mm-hmm. Even, if, even if somebody, you know, whistles at you at the street or whatever, it's like, it's like you can learn actually to use that and they, they even advanced practices even love those people who are who are maybe being a bit appropriate inappropriate mm. talk about love and it's really easy to love your partner and love your whatever you love your girlfriends and love your children but but loving those who are who are you know being lately verbally abusive is is the deep practice mm. i think there's right. some work also in just maintaining it's an issue of boundaries and also maintaining yeah. your personal sense of safety regardless yeah. of of what is happening outside of you yeah so being able to be so rooted in your okayness yeah and allow and freedom to be who you are as yeah. a feminine woman as a sexual woman that there's a kind of self um containment there's a self-assuredness there's a self-reliance that is, I don't like this word, but almost a protection from those, those kind of advances or unwanted energies. Yeah, because if you're re- a woman who's really in her power, you know, maybe, maybe men would actually be afraid to, to, to actually, you know, do something improper because they, they see, they sense that you are really in your power. Okay, so this is this is different levels of empowerment. It's not and it's not just about strength. It's not about you know uh, learning you know martial arts and stuff, which is also okay, but it's really about being fully in your body and learning mm-hmm. learning to stand up for for yourself and for who you are, 
and you know we're talking a little bit about extreme cases there's there's also things like you know in the in the in corporate you know in in the business sphere you know women think that they need to be to be masculine so bring that femininity bring that sensuality bring that sassiness into into the boardroom into into work and you know it's like men are using their masculine traits you can use your mm -hmm. feminine traits because you're a woman or you can use by the way masculine feminine i'm i'm actually starting to integrate everything all of this as one use whatever it is that you have yes okay. um, use use what comes most naturally to you and keep staying and connecting to the body yes because no, so that's we, how you know what is coming naturally exactly so notice that's, right. that's your notice. channel to what your life force is actually uh guiding you towards yeah and notice whenever there's contractions Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a yeah, yeah. You just did <laughs> exactly. You, I said that, and you, you just go like, uh, like you just softened. Mm -hmm. I have a, I have a, I have an article, semi-poetic poem on the on the website called Soften. And one of the things that I suggest is notice all of the times that you that you contract. And there's you know you know you know about the the fight, flight, or freeze response. Mm -hmm. So people think about the fight, fight, flight, or freeze response as something that happens to the whole body. But actually, it happens to very, very small areas in the body on a continuous level. So there will be tension in the eyebrows, there will be tension in the jaw, there will be tension in the tongue, there will be tension in the breath and the belly and the neck and the hands. You know, it's like people have... So, so for example, I, would, I had a pain in my neck and shoulder and I went to osteopaths and it would be, they would relieve my symptoms for a few days and afterwards they, it would come back. And I realized that I was raising my shoulder a lot as, as an expression of stress. So mm -hmm. my, my practice was to, was to bring awareness to my, to my shoulder. And I did, afterwards, the, the problem went away. So vaginal muscles, anus muscles, thighs, all of the muscles, the mind, you know, relaxing the mind and seeing how you literally in your body and your body is... You know, I'm also a dancer and I'm into movement and, and so on. So really seeing how your body can flow and not um, yeah. limp. Limp? Yeah, limp. You know. Yeah, limp. <laughs> so, limp so, yes, it's, or close down, tighten up. Actually, I, I, I see women walk and I can see that they have, they have you know, sexual issues and body issues and so on. Yeah. On the way that they walk. Okay, how, what would be a way you would recognize that? What would be a sign of that? Some of it is intuitive, and and by the way, some of my work over the years has been have been to notice what my intuition notices, but and then try to describe it in a way which which makes sense, which somebody can can learn. Mm -hmm. um, so when when the body is not aligned, for example, okay, so so women would women, for example, would do this, okay, to to hide their their breasts, whatever their breast size or shape is. There's, there's many women that carry this thing or that carried the opposite thing because they're trying to make them make themselves look sexy so they would they would arch their they would arch their back and and get their shoulders shoulders back as well which which gives them an s s shape mm -hmm. so so noticing this um noticing literally when you see tension in the body in the form of um i'm for those uh, listening i'm like um uh, squeezing my uh, my forehead. Okay, so whenever you see tensed muscles, that that would be a that would be a um, 
an expression of that. Um, the breath is probably like the biggest one. So I would constantly see women mm -hmm. stop their breath. Mm -hmm. Sometimes yeah. they will be breathing and something, something will happen. And suddenly I'll be like, did you not, you notice you just stopped breathing. So I'm constantly bringing awareness to the pattern and then I'm dissolving the pattern. And I'm also reinforcing the positive pattern. So whenever they breathe, I'm breathing with them. And I'm, you know, I'm doing this over phone and Skype as well. So, so they are, the limbic system, not just their mind, the limbic system keeps getting a positive, uh, a positive signal saying mm -hmm. you're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm literally, when I'm saying it's like there's, I'm, I'm reprogramming the body in some way. Okay, right. So notice, and, notice, do you need a, I don't think you necessarily need a practitioner to help you reprogram the body too. You can be a process that you, you watch. If you're aware, if you're really aware, yeah. Because sometimes I, I've, I'm doing the same things on myself. You know, I have, a, <clears throat> I have an alarm on my clock that uh, my client favorably calls it uh, the relax your anus alarm. Um, because this is one of the places where I carry tension. You know, mm -hmm. so sometimes I will speak like this and I'll be like, well, well, why is my voice like this? What happened? Right, right. Finally, I'll relax my anus and everything becomes nicer. So, so yes, sometimes I talk a lot about self, self everything. And in the same time, there's some things that you can only receive from another person, especially from a professional that notices some of those ticks and hangups and, and patterns. And sometimes it will be insidious, you know, like it would feel so natural for women, but it would, would actually be something that, that doesn't really serve them. You know, so I would, a woman would start orgasming and she would orgasm by, by upregulating her breath. She would breathe really, really fast. Mm -hmm. But that breath is also having like an anxiety effect. Right. Sometimes, again, it's, it's difficult to, but sometimes it will be like also anxiety producing. So she would start orgasming and then, then she would, she would actually get anxious. Ayal, I'm going to pause you just for one moment. Okay. So, so with the breath, when the breath is, there's a pattern of, of women having really, really shallow breath and they wouldn't even notice this. They would sometimes float away or they would do something mechanical or the hands would go, the hands would go somewhere, you know, so they would move their hands up and, I would ask them why they're doing this and they say, ah, oh, it feels like surrender. But actually it wouldn't be surrender. It would be a form of disembodiment because they're trying to run away from the body. Mm -hmm. If you want to bring, bring awareness to the body, the easiest way is to, is to touch it. Mm. So, so yeah, when we start talking about sexual healing and, and so on, there's, there's a lot of intricacies there and some of it you just need to, to have done it for, you know, for a few years that you start to see the, you start to see the, the patterns. Yeah. Okay, so, and what I say, what I, what I always say to women, it's like, do all of your practices by yourself, read the book, you know, do Blair's program, um, do the exercises and all, and all of this. And in the same time, if you really want to go deeper, you know, so see a profession, it doesn't have to be me, there's, there's other people as well, but make sure that they're really integrated. Okay, that they are. And by professional, do you mean a yoni practitioner? A yoni yeah, massage? I, yeah, I prefer not to call them a yoni massage practitioner. So, yeah, sexual healers, sexuality coaches, yeah. you know, whatever the, whatever the, the title is. And, um, and if, it's, if it's connected with the body, it's great. It can also be, it can also be uh, people who do similar to what I do, which is, you know, online, phone, and Skype, and so on. Um, I literally had a, a session with somebody, and I guided her through uh, self-pleasuring. Um, 
and she had an amazing, you know, orgasmic experience. And, and then she used it and she watched it with her husband and her husband learned a lot through that. And sometimes they would also, uh, having that, the playing that while they were having sex, because my recommendations to her, she was, she would listen to this while she was having sex. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she would listen to those to those uh, cues and to the to that guidance, and that helped her relax during sex as well. Mm. So, so that's that's what I'm saying, and 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 this is in this day and age, I think it's beautiful that we can get there's like an explosion of knowledge and experience that is so available, and you know why not use it? So I I have uh, I have my own coaches and my own healers as well, and you know I wouldn't I wouldn't. How to say that? Like I'm very grateful for where I'm at. Thanks to them. Mm-hmm. Thanks to those little things. Literally, like a woman taught me how to breathe. You know, a woman. So uh, yeah. Um, so you had another question. Um, um, it was related to getting our men on board, and you actually just said, you know, um, this woman was listening to this prompt or this kind of meditation as she was making love. I just feel so much like there's a lot of work available for women in this regard, but men, A, have their own sexual healing to do, and B, we, we want to have them be our allies in this process. You know, so if we're, if we're partnered or if we're seeking a partner, how do we introduce this to them? How do we get them on board? Yeah, I hear this a lot, and usually the the version of the question I hear is that I am really interested in this. My partner is not. What do I do? Um, so first of all, you need to take full responsibility over yourself and let go of your partner doing anything or changing anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, do everything. So, so sometimes women tell me, "Oh, I can't, uh, you know, come to your workshop because my partner is not coming to your workshop." Uh, by the way, 80% of the of the personal development uh, industry is women. 80% of the audience is women. You know, which which shows you something about about how much women are dedicated to themselves and their development. And men, <clears throat> many men, just think that they know, you know, they know what to do because they watch porn and because a few women, you know, told them some nice things. Mm. Okay. Um, so yeah, first of all, take full responsibility of yourself go through the program, read my book, do the practices. And this is literally something that you can take a few months of your life to do. An hour a day, two hours a day. You know, I have women that, that share that they practice, you know, the, the things from the book, an hour to a day for weeks and months. And many things coming up. So don't think about it as a masturbation that every time you masturbate and every time you have a, the same experience, literally you have deepening and spiraling up experiences and every time they will be different. And you can, you know, orgasm for two months and suddenly like deep stuff would come up and you'll start crying and there will be pain and whatever. There's, there's a, this is why this, this work is so beautiful. So first of all, do your own work. If you don't have a partner, that's great. Because if you attract a partner right now before doing this work, you would attract a partner that would mirror whatever issues that you have. I, I literally have women coming to me and say, I want to, you know, find a partner and have sex. And I tell them, don't see anyone for two months. And they're like, what? You're crazy? It's like, I just told you I want to have a pun. I said, yes, I heard you. You need to do your own work because you're looking for a savior. Yeah, yeah. I want a man to help me orgasm. A man is not supposed to help you orgasm. 
That's not his job, and your job is not to help, to help him. You're, you're responsible for yourself. How empowering a view that is, and also how freeing that is for the men in our lives. Yeah, and, and by the way, it's beautiful if people pleasure each other. I'm not against that. I have a whole, you know, I have an online program coming up teaching men how to touch women, pleasure them, talk to them, look at them, hug them you know, whole body massage, different kind of touch, all of this stuff. This is great, but don't expect that to happen because your expectation of that to happen, you know, it's like, I hear this fantasy so much, so much from women. It's like, oh, I wish men would just know what to do with me, but you don't know what to do with yourself. So how do you expect somebody else to do, to know what to do with you? Right. You know, and you know, they come to me for a session and then they expect like the man to do this. I'm a professional. I've been doing this for years. Okay, so, so do your own work. And then I would say, start communicating and say, t tell to your man, I really love you, we're having a great relationship. And I would, would you like to know how to pleasure me and orgasm me and would you love uh, uh, um, sex to be better? Okay, if, if they say yes, we, let's talk about it in a moment. If they say no, look at the relationship. Why are you with somebody who's not as committed to your sexuality which i believe is one of the deepest thing in a, in a relationship not the only thing but one of the deepest things what are you doing together and and invariably i see many people you know i check on them for years and and sometimes i could see the 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 the, the hints of that relationship breaking down in like years earlier mm -hmm. because usually because the man is not committed and i say this to men you know if you're not committed She's either cheating on you or she's thinking about cheating on you or she's thinking about ending the relationship. Okay. Um, so kind of like be loving and supportive with your partner, but don't try to save him and protect him. So many women tell me, oh, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to challenge him. He's a man. Yeah. Same thing with women. You know, she's a woman. She's not a child. So, so give her the respect and give them the, the truth. You know, it's like you can sugarcoat it a little bit, but if your man is coming in three minutes and you're not, and you're obviously not satisfied with that, who would be, you know, you can, you can have a conversation with him. Okay. And he needs to do his work. Mm -hmm. um, so then, so first of all, getting the, the partner on board. Okay. And making sure that they're doing their own work by themselves. They're doing their own self pleasuring by themselves. They're connecting to their body. So they're not relying on your body to, to, to get them off. Okay, or they're not relying on you doing specific things. You know, some men tell me, oh, I can last longer with the right women. I'm like, that's great, but you're supposed to last longer with everyone, not just with the right women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there's, there's practices, and I can, share, I can share one practice, which, which I really, really like, um, uh, called the three-minute game, and it could also, also be the one-minute game or the 20-minute game. And there's two questions that you ask um, each other. Okay, so you, um, you're asking your partner, how, how would you like me to touch you for your pleasure? What's your, what's your partner's name, Blair? My partner's name is Chris. Chris, okay. Mm -hmm. So Blair's, Blair asks Chris, asks Chris, how would you like me to touch you for your pleasure? And he might say, you know, rub my shoulders, you know, squeeze my cock, whatever it is that, that he wants. It doesn't have to be around the genitals. It can be, you know, a hand on the back of your, your neck or the back of your heart that feels nice. Mm -hmm. okay. It can be sexual, it can be sexual, it can be anything. And it's according to what 
whatever the other person is okay with. Okay, if, he's, if Chris is not okay with doing, doing something, he would not do it. So how would you like me to touch you for your pleasure? Mm -hmm. Okay. And the second question, how would you like me to touch you? How would you like, sorry, how would you like me to touch you for your pleasure? And how would you like to touch me for your pleasure? Mm. So maybe Chris would want to touch certain parts of your body or hold you or have you weight on him or whatever it is mm -hmm. for his pleasure. Because in the first phase, you were doing to him, for him. Yeah, you were doing to him, for him. Mm -hmm. In the second phase, he's doing to you, for him. For him. For him. So, so you're both what, being able to delineate what is pleasurable. You're both taking full responsibility over your pleasure. And mm -hmm. you are either asking the other person to give it to you. Or you're asking, you know, it's like now, uh, Blay, I see your hair, for example. Okay, you have beautiful hair. I'm like, can I play with your hair for my pleasure? Mm -hmm. Not to give you a hair, hair styling for my pleasure. Right. And this is a very empowering thing because most people, they don't exa exactly know when somebody's touching another person who actually it's for. So yes. for example, if you have people give, wanting to give you a hug, what is it that they're actually wanting to do? So maybe they want a hug for themselves. So it's okay if they want to be hugged, but wanting to give you a hug is not highly in, inaccurate uh, yeah. you have this in uh, the tantra you know scene it's like can i give you a yoni massage so when a man suggests to give a woman a yoni massage is, is he really doing it for her or is it really is it is he doing it also for him yeah who's it for who what's it for? also interesting in that in that experiment or that uh exercise is touching someone else for your pleasure right like i'm I'm doing this not because I am concerned about your pleasure, yeah. but because I'm taking responsibility using your words and also taking ownership of what feels good for me when I use and touch your body. Yeah. And this and is very this, difficult for women. Very I was difficult. just about to say, this is a super difficult thing for a lot of women because they're so other focused. They're so focused on their partner, what's gonna feel good for them, a lot of women are really intuitive, so they can just kind of follow their intuition, read the signs of the man, but touching for their pleasure, that is pretty radical. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. that, that's why I talk about sexual empowerment and sexual freedom. And by the way, I sometimes default to, to pleasing and pleasuring, and suddenly, you know, because I'm quite good in reading, you know, all of the different body signs to see what's happening with the woman. So I start touching her for her pleasure, but then I start reacting to her reactions. So mm -hmm. then I reset again and remind myself, no, I'm doing it for myself. Sure. Okay. This and sounds a lot like, like to, wheel of consent. It's exactly wheel of consent. Yeah. Okay, it's exactly wheel of consent. And the thing, that's exactly the word that I want, wanted to add. It needs to be consensual, which means, yeah. which means it's really good to discuss it and to understand the dynamic. And then you need to stand in your boundaries because sometimes my, my lover, you know, does something for me that doesn't feel nice to me. Yeah. So I would tell her, like, you can do things, you know, or you can invite somebody to take from a certain area or in a certain, yeah, a certain boundary. Okay. And <laughs> so, so it's not everything goes because so many women have been subjected to whatever men wanted to do with them, but it wasn't, it wasn't consensual. Yes, exactly. So yeah, that's that's a that's a practice that I really really recommend. Oh, that's that's a great practice. And you can you can have sex like that, okay? You can have sex with a, what's called a taking taking dynamic, 
Mm-hmm. Both of you are basically using the other person for your, for your pleasure. And I have an article coming up soon called uh, Why Using Your Lover for Sex is Actually a Good Idea. Or is actually helping you, whatever, working on the title. And that's the idea. Mm-hmm. By the way, there's still the dynamic of pleasuring the other person. That's totally okay. I'm not saying it's not. It's really important to learn how to do both. It's really, no, honestly, many women don't know how to touch a man's cock. They think my, my cock is, is a toothbrush. My cock is not a toothbrush. It's not meant to be rubbed on your, on your teeth. Okay, it's a very, very sensitive thing. It's like, there's maybe men who, who fuck really, really hard. They don't have sensitivity in, their, in the head of their, of their penis. I do. You know, so, so you can still teach another person how to, how to pleasure you. And you can still learn how to pleasure them, but that's only half of the picture. Sure. So, uh, yeah. And then the last thing I want to ask about, Ayal, before we uh, before we part, we've touched on it a few times in indirect ways, but I'm really curious to hear from you about how trauma and past undigested experience manifests itself in the vulva in the vagina because there's it's i think a lot of people think this is like woo woo like oh yeah your sexual experience um impacts how much pleasure you can have and will stay in your vagina just like it would stay anywhere else in the body like people don't really make that connection and i just see so many women who have painful sex who have painful periods who have reproductive health problems, like how is our undigested trauma manifesting in our bodies and what can we do about it? Yeah, so I'm happy you said you you ended to start with vaginas and ended with bodies because it's stored all over the body. Obviously it's stored in the the yoni. So for example, when there's there's rape, the the vagina will start, will try to, to protect itself. So a muscle would contract or vagina would balloon or the vagina would have uh, vaginismus. And it's interesting, by the way, that either can happen. So vaginismus is, the, is a very, very strong contraction of the muscles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> there will be sometimes individual muscles, which, which means there will be like a, a spot, similar to what you have, have in your back or around your body when there's, when there's tension. Okay? So, so there will be, the, the, the walls of the vagina would be you know, soft and mushy, and there will be one spot that will be, that will be hard. And when I started my you know, career as a sexual healer, I was mostly focused on them. So, so I, pain would be, um, how would I say that? The pain would be much more than, than what I, I would be pressing. Okay, so I would be pressing very lightly, but the pain would be very strong because mm-hmm. the pain isn't just physical, it's also energetic, mental, emotional. Okay, so this is one way that, one way that uh, uh, it manifests. Uh, lack of lubrication is one of them. Um, painful menstruation mm-hmm. um, is another. But the thing is, and I mentioned it earlier, is that it manifests throughout the body through contractions. It manifests through numbing, both in the <laughs> vagina and in the body. Okay, because your whole body can literally be orgasmic. I, I, we talked about teeth, you know, it's like I literally scratched somebody's teeth and she was orgasming in the session. You know, I would, and I would kind of like, I would do it for fun with, I, was, I would tell it, it's like, listen, look, I, I sh- I'm showing you everything is orgasmic. Mm-hmm. So if you have numbness, if you have, again, contraction, contraction, contraction. If there's any contractions in the body, uh, for example, especially when the energy is starting to build, 
when the when the when the pleasure starts to build. So a woman will be okay in the beginning, but then she would get to a certain pleasure state and she would check out. She will be yeah. somewhere else. And I will bring I will bring her back and and again drawing awareness to that. Uh, tension in the jaw, stopping to breathe. Really, really big. Many times women would stop breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that's I would say that's the, that's the main one. So both the physical, physical as in muscles tensing, muscle tension that you need to dissolve with the armoring and pressing into it, and so on. But a lot of it is just holding. That if you bring awareness to it, it dissolves by itself. And by the way, some some of those patterns are like there'll be a series of contractions around the body. So, for example, a woman would start moving and she wouldn't move a part of her back because this is where the this is where the contraction is mm-hmm. and then i'll i'll bring her awareness um if it's a phone or a skype session or i would put my hand there and i'll bring awareness to that place and have her breathe there and then the energy would start moving because she's relaxing into that place yeah so yeah yeah so notice the tension consciously relax tension and contraction do the self practices that are going to help to knead out these uh more hardened parts of the body especially in the vagina and then i think also um what we were talking about before about consent is actually another big part of it too is that when there is when you have a loving touch with someone who's really invested in your healing and your well-being, whether that's a practitioner, whether that's your lover, when you have that person there to bring attention, bring awareness, bring love to what you're experiencing, I find that can be really powerful also. Mm -hmm. To be witnessed, to be loved through it, to have someone who cares that it's there, all these things can have such a, a psychosomatic effect. Yeah, and it's not even with, not even with touch. Sometimes it's just with attention. I was I I met this woman uh, a few years ago, and um, we were making out, and then kind of like I went and was just looking at her yoni, and she she had a she had quite a um, quite a bushy vagina, which I personally like very much. Quite and, a pushy, uh, pushy vagina. A bushy vagina, and oh, she had bushy. really, 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 really big uh, inner lips. Okay, which you hardly ever see in porn because because uh, they either choose porn actresses with small inner lips, or they actually go through labiaplasty and they they literally mm-hmm. like literally genital mutilation. Okay, that they which is pay. the fastest rising surgery in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. one of the like like yeah most horrible thing happening is, is this one. Okay, so, so many women that have protruding, protruding in the lips feel really uncomfortable because they never see this in, in porn, okay? Um, so she was feeling very uncomfortable about, about that. And I was just, and she was like, she was like, this is really uncomfortable, this is highly uncomfortable. And I was like, should I stop? And she said, no. And then we both left. So th- just that, that, that we didn't have sex, you know, that, that day, but she, she shared with me later that just from that experience, she started feeling better with her body. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, we talk about feminists talk about the male gaze and all of that in a negative way, but sometimes 
it's really nice to have some kind of to be witnessed by somebody else in a loving way and yeah. to understand yeah everything is okay with, with me it's like and, a certain amount of healing can be done on your own but a lot of the a lot of the fracture or the damage that's done is done with someone so yeah. a lot of the repair or healing has to be done with someone yeah, and, and, and I say, you know, sometimes what, what, was, um, what was hurt by a man, you know, can be fixed by a man, fixed or, you know, alleviated by a man. And I would always say you need to do both and don't just, just, don't just rely on one or the other. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so doing all of the self-care practices and going to professionals. And again, the rabbit hole goes very, very, very far, very deep. And, yes. and there's... I, I get sometimes women who are really, really sexual and really orgasmic and don't have any issues and they kind of like want to see what's, what's possible. And in those sessions, they either have like pain and trauma that they were not aware of and sometimes it's an ancestral and sometimes they would have orgasmic experiences or just experiences that they were never had and were not aware that were even possible. Yeah. So I'm saying it's like, it's not like, you know, the orgasm Olympics but you have to understand that all of these experiences have an effect on your life and also on your spiritual practice and your creativity and all of your wealth and your relationship and your motherhood, something we didn't mention. If you yes. want to be a better mother, if you're a sexually empowered woman, there's, or let's say if you have sexual issues, there's more risk that your kids would be abusers and victims. And usually abusers are victims and victims are abusers. Okay, and it's not just men who are abusers and women who are victims. Okay, so if you're a more empowered woman, you will um, raise kids who are more sexually empowered and there's less chance of them being uh, victims and, and abusers. Yeah, of okay? course. Again, it's not just about you. And we, we use, I, I tell my, my group this also, and I don't say this lightly, our life force, our sexual energy is limitless. Our orgasmic potential is limitless. So even if you're, I mean, some women are like, yeah, I have a lot of work to do. But some women are like, no, I'm good. Like, I have an okay sex life. I'm pretty orgasmic. It's like, there's so much potential there. You could transform how you perceive the world, how you live your life, how you see yourself. There's just so... Uh, you can go so deep with him. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. NAL, I, I wish we could chat for like another two hours. I have so many more questions for you, but um, we're going to have to wrap it up. And I just want to let everybody know how they might work with you. Cool. So, yeah, so first of all, I really, really enjoyed this and really, really happy to talk about this stuff. Um, so yeah, the website, the website is intimatepower.com. And uh, you can also search for this on social media on various channels and also look for Eyal Now, E-Y-A-L-N-O-W, Eyal Now on all of the different uh, social media channels. And there's a lot, a lot of free content that I share on all of them, articles, videos, interviews. Uh, you can get a free sample of the book also on the website. Um, and, and then... I would I'd be very happy to support people who are inspired by this, especially if there are people who are doing something in the world for other people. So for me, the people I want to reach are the people who, who help and empower and heal other people or the planet or the environment. This is for me how I'm 
extending my reach, you know, to, to the world. Mm. Um, so yeah, they can, they can contact through the, through the website. And also people who have audiences and want to integrate some of these practices into their own practice, even if they're not sexuality practitioners. I believe that whoever calls themselves, you know, holistic or integrated can and should um, include sexuality, address sexuality in their practice. Okay, so, so contact me and we can see how we can integrate some of those things, share some, share some of these practices with your, with your tribe and with your audience. Absolutely. I would also suggest and request people to, to, if this is inspiring for you, share this. Okay, so if the book is inspiring for you, the, the best source, the best way for a woman to learn about the book is from another, another person. So, you know, so share this with your, with your friends. Review the book on Amazon. And again, this is, this is how things work in this day and age. Okay, if something yeah. has a high rating on Amazon, it will be found, you know, and you, you will find like the reviews of women on the book. And this is what, there's some woman in, you know, the middle of nowhere looking for a book on Amazon and she can read, she can find this book. And the book is so informative. It's so clear. And I just love how you really cut the bullshit and, and speak really directly. Um, it offers a great male perspective on a really big topic. And Ayala, I just want to thank you for all the, all the work that you're doing. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Leah. Thank you for having me. Okay. Ciao.